Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Audio Frontier. Welcome once again to Wrestling Daft The Marks. Healing in from Larbert, weighing 181 pounds. I'm producer John, producer of Wrestling Daft, host of this very show. With me, a man who is bigger than a Gary Cassidy exclusive. It's Big Alex. Oh, Gary Cassidy is fairly making a name for himself in the wrestling world. Like, I'm starting to see the name Gary Cassidy more than I'm starting to see Dave Meltzer. So, well, I mean, that's that because he is very much friends with Dave Meltzer. If you haven't seen it, Gary's been breaking all the exclusive this week. So, let's welcome to the show Inside the Ropes, lead writer, Mr. Gary Cassidy himself. How you doing, Gary? I'm not too bad. I'm a bit under the weather, but we're not going to make any assumptions as to what it may be. I'm going to hope that it's not the thing that we think. But in saying that, I like that um, Alex has said that you see my name almost as much as Dave Meltzer. I think I'm almost getting the word fraud alongside it almost as much as he does as well. No, hopefully no, uh, but I know, not doing too bad. Not doing too bad. Thank God that you're a distance from us and we're doing this Aye. via Zoom today. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, basically, Gary, what was your big news last week that was reported right around the wrestling circles and by your good friend, Dave Meltzer? <laughs> so I, in a bit of good fortune, I know that somebody was about to run the same exclusive an hour later that I found out afterwards in John Alba. Um, so the fact that he was going to run it meant that instantly I had that fear completely gone that it might be completely false info but I had enough on it that I didn't think it would be anyway but yeah Wrestlemania next year um, we all know it was meant to be at the SoFi Stadium in Hollywood but it's actually in Inglewood, California but being billed as Hollywood doesn't look like it's going to be uh, this year's was meant to be in the Raymond James Stadium in Tampa or Tampa Bay uh, it looks like that's going to be the case next year um, so not sure how many tickets will be sold. The the reports that have been added have said a, a indeterminate amount of tickets, which I'm going that can be it. So no idea how many tickets will be available. Obviously, for what we've seen this weekend at TakeOver, you'd have to think that there will be people in attendance. Obviously, we've got six months to go as well. Uh, but yeah, it looks like it's going to be in Tampa and a load of other venues have been locked down, which is a, a poor choice of phrasing, but have been locked down for that week as well. So it looks like we might get the Kevin Owens jumping off a pirate ship after all. Maybe we'll get, like, muzzled in a pirate ship. Do you think there's a chance that they might take a residency up at another stadium if we're still in a similar state with COVID round about that time? I think that's going to come up before then. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, I'd been told that essentially, I'm just going to stop for a second because my phone's ringing. I think you can probably hear it. And there we go. Uh, so, yeah, uh, essentially, I think that's going to happen a lot quicker than it will uh, April. I think that might happen as soon as next month because the Thunderdome contract is up uh, at the end of this month. It's up on the 31st, I believe. Um, and I'd put out a thing that I'd been told by someone close to a WWE superstar that essentially they were being told to pre- prepare for travel 
travel was a bit of a broadly defined word. I didn't really know what they meant aside from moving out of the Thunderdome, but apparently that is something that they're looking at. Triple H discussed it on a conference call. I think the pre-takeover conference call, it was asked about it, and he said that, yeah, they don't see themselves traveling anytime soon by the, the nature of what we know is travel, you know, a different venue every week, but that settling down in one venue for a wee while might be something that happens. So I think we might see an outdoor uh, WWE show in the next month or so, if I was to speculate. I think we might see that in November going onwards, unless they decide that the Thunderdome is a better option. But, you know, it, might be, it could be a negotiating tactic. Who knows? Mm, I, I think the Thunderdome is... I, I, from going from... I, I guess it's all about money, but how many people are you going to be able to get into an arena? You know, is it worth You just have to redesign it. Like, if you look at what they did with NXT and the Capital Wrestling Center, which I'm sure we're going to get into in a couple of minutes, you just need to work around the space. You'd have fans. You'd potentially have fans in the lower section. You'd have the screens in the upper section. And you'd just find a balance between your capacity and between your electronics. We need to ask, is this John speaking as someone who has attended a Thunderdome show? Oh, yes, it is. I was <laughs> in the Thunderdome on Friday, thanks to a good friend of the show, uh, Bronze Kill, who uh, I've been trying for weeks to get in, and I managed to get in, and it was a really, really weird experience. In fact, so weird, we actually got kicked out of the Thunderdome. Um, <laughs> Why? So you're not going to get invited back? So you've just I, taken Bronze's lovely name and just rubbed it all the way through the mud? Yeah, I don't know he, he put my email for, but it was weird because throughout, it's, it's a really weird experience. We had Bronze on talking about it last week. Um, but it was a really strange experience. Um, there was always someone talking back. There's a lot of adverts. We the reason I think we got kicked out is because we went. I was watching it with the, the wee man, and uh, we moved out of shot. I think just briefly, maybe when they were cutting back from an ad break, so we were immediately kind of booted out of it, of it, which was a shame. He was gutted. But um, I wonder how they've got. I wonder if that's motion sensors, or if they've got somebody monitoring that kind I of think, thing. Because you've, I got think, to think it'd be. we there was talk back. There was talk back ah. of throughout people. The moderator would come on and say, um, "Yeah, if you've got poor lighting, you're you're going. If you're not in the thing, you're you're, you're moving out." There's a few of you in this room that've got poor lighting. You know, our lighting wasn't brilliant, but, you know, I don't think it was that See, bad. But it's worrying that there's someone sitting watching you while you're now watching the wrestling. You know, weird. when you start thinking about it, there's some worrying consequences here. I've yet to go back and uh, smack down and see if I can see myself, but um, I'll need to go and check that out. I, I, I did want to sport a wrestling daft t-shirt, however, I thought <laughs> that'll be immediate reason to get kicked out, so I didn't in the end. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a weird, with WrestleMania, it's, it's a strange one. I mean... Obviously, I think where we're at in terms of this situation, the pandemic is, uh, who knows where we're going to be in terms of live events next year. But you would think it's a bit like the Super Bowl that like Los Angeles would have WrestleMania, you know, and it just could cancel. It's, it's a strange one. Apparently, the, the reason that it's not really came out officially yet, and this came from WrestleVotes as well, who... Get a wee follow for WrestleVotes after this, which was uh, good fun. But um, aye, this came from WrestleVotes afterwards that they... They teased us about a month ago, or they teased some kind of news anyway. And we're always mentioning WrestleVotes on here, so you've got to think that, you know, they're trustworthy in that instance. Yeah. Well, they went back to that and they said, no, so, well, this is what we were talking about. It can't be discussed um, by WWE because there's contractual reasons with between them and California. But I think, you know, it's probably the case because... I, you know, everybody's gone, oh, they, they owe Florida one after this year and stuff like that. I think it might just be that they don't want to, you know, have the, the SoFi have maybe 
whatever, however many thousand people in it, they want your first one there to be massive. And especially yeah. if it's going to be Hollywood, you can't really, can't build it as being Hollywood. And then it's a really kind of underwhelming experience. So I think having it, you know, in Florida as well was probably have a benefit. But who knows? I guess we'll see. Still nearly six months to go, I think. Yeah, five, five imagine and cost comes into it as well because yeah. shipping all of that equipment to cut to California and back is obviously going to be expensive. I yeah. mean, they've probably got the trucks and stuff, but still, it's time, it's effort, it's more unconcerned with COVID and stuff as well. And yeah. getting everybody there as well, talent-wise. Yeah, 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 going yeah. To fly or drive, so it's yeah. a mobile bubble, you know, just yeah. a bunch of camper vans, <laughs> loads of wrestlers well, cruising six down months, the highways. Six months is a long way away, but you know, six months ago we were saying, oh, everything will be fine from the end of the year. No, it's not. Um, you know, we're talking about arenas, um, obviously NXT takeover. Let's we'll go through the uh, the results just in a minute. But uh, what did you make of the Capital uh, Center? Love that. Oh, I, I think that sums up what I was uh, going to say. Anyway, I just loved it. I just think they got the balance completely right. Um, we'd kind of, I think we spoke about this on Friday. I can't remember about how. Oh, was it even announced on Friday? I'm not sure. Time's no, I don't think me. it was announced till like Saturday, Sunday kind of time, no. to be honest. Uh, but that's, um, I think uh, for me, the best thing about it is it's not the Thunderdome. It's, it's its own thing, but it's somewhere in between what Full Sail was before it was empty yeah. and what the Thunderdome is. I think they've got the balance right. I love how it's a wee bit dark. You know, I, I mentioned uh, that I think it's a cross between the Thunderdome, the EC uh, EC3 arena, I was going to say. EC3 <laughs> arena. That'd be even better. Uh, the ECW arena and um, the, the temple uh, and which underground where it is naturally dark, naturally gritty. My favourite thing about it, I think, is that uh, the cage over the perspex because yeah. when I seen the photo, I didn't think there was perspex there. I just I think it looks brilliant. Uh, I am I'm sold on it. I can't wait to watch. Like we were mentioning this, I think last week and for about the past four weeks, NXT's felt stale. This made me excited for NXT. That's yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I was glad to see the perspex was there because I thought we had a was it Ariana Grande who went to a signing with a face mask that was made of mesh. Uh, the mesh face mask. Yeah, yeah, I thought we just had a mesh face mask situation <laughs> that all over work. again. That doesn't work. But, um, Gary, I have to say you've missed my favorite thing about it. So um, the new lighting slash commentator announcer setup, the way they've got yeah. the lights flicking around the email, yeah. the, the arena, then pointing into the middle, and then the mic comes down, and then you get the announcements through that. It's kind of a nice new school meets old school kind of edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, no. the one thing I would say is they need to turn the crowd noises down a little bit more because that's slightly too much for me. Like, I think having a little bit's right, but they went a little bit too far. And my only other big complaint is, can we chamfer the corner on it? on the screens because they go into like a point and then there's just these two faces that are like massively away in the distance. I just want them to like round that or chamfer oh, that. Oh, I never even noticed bit. that. I would have a wee look at that. I, that's one thing. I thought like my favourite thing about it was there wasn't a lot of blank space, but I'll need to go back and see that because that's I, No, it's just the way that they kind of go into the corner and it just looks weird in that space because it's so tight around the ring that it just goes off into the distance. So it was a bit... Needs to be a bit that. more Thunderdome because I think the Thunderdome's more curved. So, yeah, I think the Thunderdome's one big More curves is what we're saying here. More curves, <laughs> please. Um, let's run through quickly the card from uh, TakeOver there. Um, just overall thoughts on the event itself, guys? Brilliant. Typical TakeOver. Yeah, I was brilliant. I was not overly hyped for it with the card. I, I was looking up and down that, and I'm like, there's nothing here that's really immediately standing out to me. And it was terrific, yeah. The, the one question I do have is... Was the tag team match cancelled because of COVID or something like that? So I'm surprised to see Breeze Angle not on the card. That oh. is, 
is the tag team match not happening on NXT this week? Oh, they just pushed that for TV. That makes sense, Bernard. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. I'm confusing. Um, yeah, uh, so Priest versus uh, Gargano. Obviously, uh, Priest uh, went over a really good match, I thought, just to kick off. He looks like Nebraska. a star, doesn't he? He's, he he's really taken to the WWE style well. He's like he's, he's getting over his like crowd moves and stuff quite a lot. And I think having him come out first to use the screen for his ludicrous thing, I still hate with the arrow, but it was the first <laughs> time I liked it because it yeah. showed off. The Capital Wrestling Center. So. I think his last three takeover matches have been like the three, a run of the three best pay per view matches anybody's had over yeah, the past year because they've taken him for like I didn't know I didn't care about him. I really liked him when he was like Punishment Martinez, but like there's always been a disconnect. Day three matches, I'm like, man, I really like him now. I think he's, I think he's brilliant. Yeah, uh, Kushida... doesn't need the purple trunks though. No, <laughs> doesn't need the purple trunks. Uh, Kushida versus uh, Velveteen Dream. Kushida, is it a heel turn? I mean, he went, he went incredibly oh. over the top at the end. It's not a heel turn. I think it's just showing a kind of aggressive nature. But uh, I thought again, give Velveteen Dream what he deserves. <laughs> this also, goes back to the thing that Triple H said uh, several years ago when they said how is Roman Reigns not a heel everybody's booing him anyway so no matter how we present him then he's he's definitely a heel that's what I think in this instance well how can Kushida be a face because he's uh, as somebody uh, put up nice and eloquently broke Velveteen Dream's texting arm so uh, <laughs> um, then we moved on to Santos Escobar versus ICR Swerve Scott. Um, so good until the finish. Aye. That stupid little thing when he was meant to have hit his head off the pole. I didn't see the hit, the hit of the head off the pole and it felt like it devalued both of their finishers. That was what ended the match. I yeah, looked I away and missed class. the ending and then at that point I thought the match was phenomenal and then I went back and seen the ending and went, ah. Oh. <laughs> Never mind. It, it was a proud match anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would have it could have potentially been match of the night had it not been for the ending. Yeah, yeah. EO uh, defeated Candice LeRae, which again I was really surprised. I thought one of the Garganos was going to go over um, and have that kind of whole jealousy thing going on potentially. But uh, uh, she just got Candice just was filler to get Storm and Ember Moon back, really, wasn't she? But I think before we get to that, you need to give props to EO Shirai for doing a Spanish fly directly into a moonsault. Uh, yeah, that was. That's- that was insane. I also think I say this every takeover, but surely we've got to get Gargano up on the Raw SmackDown doing Candice Lady with him, I guess, if she's not going to be champion. But I'm, I'm probably going to be keeping saying it. It's like Orton winning. <laughs> Aye. Aye. That's it. Um, so obviously, Ember, we mentioned Ember Moon and Tony Storm both coming back to NXT. I mean, that women's division is stacked on NXT, isn't it? It's, it's got to be the best in the business, surely. Aye, I think so. The, the only one that, and here's my first mention it of the day, the only one I think compels is Impact because they use other talents pretty well uh, across the board. But NXT, I think, uh, just looking at the actual roster and the names there, you're adding Ember Moon to that, who I believe is a former NXT Women's Champion as well. Yep, yep, uh, yep. Yes, she's also now a biker, a biker with Predator Vision. Yeah, so I was about yeah, to add that we, to her. We, we, you know, we obviously have to get onto fashion because that's what we do on that <laughs> uh, show. So what did you make of a new look, Alex? I liked it. The only thing I didn't get was why she had predator vision at one point when she was when she was on the bike. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't like the kind of whole Terminator kind of uh, intro thing that there was teased on NXT and then she looked like she'd have fitted in nicely in a, a certain faction on Raw. Ah, uh, yeah, she did. <laughs> she did. They had that kind of Mad Max thing going for her. Um, and finally, the main event: Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly. Um, we'll talk about it in the news how why it was cut short. Um, but 
what did you make of it? Am I the only one who feels like Finn Balor requested that since there's not a lot of talent that him and Kyle O'Reilly could just have a New Japan match in the middle as a main event of NXT? Yes, I thought you might like that event. It was so beautifully stiff, like really wasn't it? It was pretty, pretty stiff, I have to say. Uh, WWE social media channel had to black out every single image and make them all black and white. <laughs> that kind of tells you everything. <laughs> it was Great performance from O'Reilly, though. But again, slightly spoiled by the ending and the fact that Adam Cole being beaten up by Pat McAfee's bitch kind of took centre stage a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that, that again, it's, we'll get on to it when we, we talk about NXT and the, the buddies and putovers. But yeah, just Rich Holland, it was just bit out of nowhere but but I mean it's going to get you back into television to find out what the hell is going on with that um, uh, but we'll get into that when we talk about NXT just don't want them to like now forget about Kyle O'Reilly after that show stealing performance you know what I mean yeah well yeah that's you wonder where it's going to go from here but uh, no interesting stuff um, we'll of course be talking about uh, NXT uh, it's, again what did I say it's one of those weird weeks where we go back in time to talk forward in time and all that sort of stuff because we just talked about TakeOver we'll go back and look at the, the build up to uh, TakeOver when we do the buddies and putovers later on today we are joined by Gary's boss or his new boss uh, Kenny McIntosh from Inside the Ropes is going to be on talking about the new magazine and also um, doing Smackdown for us on that uh, we're on the wrestling daft rap heading to Fantasy Booking Island um, last week we were asked to book the Undisputed Era uh, on their main roster debut. Um, we'll find out who's won that vote and do the new challenge, which has been set by the listeners. We'll do that on Fantasy Booking Island a bit later on. We'll find out how the G1's going. We're getting near climax time now, Alex, aren't we? Oh, we're only about halfway through, mate. Oh, Jesus Only about Christ. halfway through. It's a month-long event, John. This is only the third week. Right, okay. We'll find out what's been going on with you on Big Alex as we turn Japanese later on. But first, let's cut a promo. I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. Now, it's actually wrestling-based this week, my promo. So hand me over the mic. What that rubbish? Here I'm we disappointed go. now. But it is slightly. Right, so I was watching AEW, um, great tag match between FTR and SCU. I'm sure Alex will probably give it a mention when we do the buddies and put over later on. But the one thing I've got to point out from, old people trying to be cool. Now, we've got basically Tully on the outside of the ring, you know. Look at, he's li- what age is Tully now? He must be way in his 60s. Ah, he's got to be, got I, to I, would, be. I would assume, assume close up to 70 in all honesty. <laughs> yeah, but he's there with a the gator. Do you know what he's doing? And this is what is throwing up the horns, man. Right <laughs> now, <laughs> if you're if you're Ozzy Osbourne, if you're Alice Cooper, you're allowed to do that. You know, you're the Prince of Darkness, you know, all that sort of stuff. You can allow you throwing up your horns, even though you're of an age. But come on, now, Tully. It doesn't look very cool. It's 66. Imagine your granny or your grandpa throwing up the, you know, throwing up the horns or giving you a too sweet or something like that. Fist pump, you know, (laughs) like it's of an age, you know. And I appreciate the older generation, those that hang on to the long hair and wear the leather jackets and all that. That's all very good, but sometimes it's got to give up the ghost. It's time to put on, you know, the way. Just, it's not cool, is it? Old people trying to be cool is not cool. And it just defeats the fact of being cool in the first place. So, yeah, Tully, 
old people out there, I'm sure our demographics on this podcast, because wrestlers love talking about demographics. I don't think we fare well in the over 60s category. But if you are listening to this podcast, or your mum and your dad likes to throw up the horns from time to time, just tell them to stop it, because it's not cool. Once again, it's time to separate the good from the bad on all the wrestling shows from across the week as we bury and put over stuff. Um, Alex does AEW, I do NXT, Gary does Raw, and we used to call it the SmackDown Bullet, you know, because SmackDown was shit. But now it's like a chalice that we all want to achieve. Um, and the man that's on... You're getting a little bit ahead of yourself this week, John. I am. returned back to... Normality. We'll wait and find out because the man who's going to come on and buddy and put over stuff from it is Mr. Kenny McIntosh from Inside the Ropes. Gary's new gaffer. Look, I don't want to say I'm his boss. I don't want to say that I own him, but I'm his boss and I own him 100%. He's so, he's like, look, it's, it's nice for because look, Gary, it's like Gary used to go out with Gary used to go out with the girl who, like, it was kind of, oh, I don't want to be seen public with her, sports media. <laughs> And now, <laughs> and now it's like he's going out with a celebrity who's like, can I take you to the pub? I'm like, no, Gary, do some fucking work. I know about um, I've even got the logo there and my name yeah. has got to have inside the ropes in it now for the, yes. the contract. In the contract. Oh, in the contract. Yeah, yeah. I like the way that Kenny's living up to his own rules as well there with all his branding and all his name and his wee uh, <laughs> as well. I have nothing going on. Just absolutely nothing. So, uh, um, Kenny, busy time for you. You've just launched uh, the website. You know, you brought on Gary on as a, a writer that we've been finding out in the last couple of weeks. How's it been going, mate? Yeah, good. Um, so Gary's our lead writer. Um, I don't know why I thought in a pandemic it was a good idea to start two new businesses, but... Um, and one of them being a physical print magazine. We'll get on to that in a minute. We'll get on to that in a minute. It's funny because we were like, so we had these, I won't give away all of it, but like we had these like... Um, we had this idea that like there's an inside the ropes brand people like it that there would be an idea like it's a trusted thing if you go online you read a story from one of our interviews people trust it so maybe they would trust the brand and the website's gone really well so far the, the traffic's really good um people seem to be digging what we're doing so it's yeah it's going it's going really well so it's one of those long game things the websites are a long game so you know if you're going to expect and rome wasn't built in a day so you're not going to get immediate results but it's all going in the right direction I mean, it's, it's a big task. I mean, you you know yourself, Kenny, there's so much out there in terms of wrestling when you've got your walk cultures, your cultaholics of this world. There's just so much out there. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I think what you guys are doing is really interesting. I mean, what's going to set you guys out from, from the rest of these guys? Well, so uh, I think what's going to set us apart, so we've got other sort of audio and video stuff coming that I don't think anybody else does. Um, and we've got some other things we're going to be doing. So I think... We're not just going to be a news site. We're going to have a site that has news, it has interviews, it has audio and video, it has all this different sort of stuff. So I think that it will be a sort of one-stop shop eventually, and that's what we're building up to. So, um, yeah, it sh- the, the idea is that you should be able to log into it in the morning and get whatever you need wrestling-wise. So that's what we're aiming towards. Um and also, we're not pricks, so that's a good start. That is a good well, start. Well, uh, I was really—I'm going to add to that and detract it at the same time and say I was really hoping Kenny was just going to answer Gary 
is the difference. Gary, uh, Gary's the difference maker. <laughs> as if you don't get put over enough. Oh, he's such a monster himself. He honestly is. I wanted, to, I wanted to take on Source Stealer Gary, and um, <laughs> yeah, so it's all gone really well. And then the magazine is actually so we had like these projections in our mind. We we're like, if we could get like X number of subscribers and X number of sales, we would be happy. And uh, thank you very much, Gary. That was not prompted. Um, <laughs> He's well we trained already, though. He's well trained already. And we've like smashed the targets that we had. So like it's going, it's going. So and I think the key is to the magazine is a retro magazine. Retro yeah. is what's in right now in magazines. And I think that's the, the thing. People just want to see things covered in a fun, vibrant, exciting way. I know it sounds wanky, but um, yeah. So it, it's going really well. Issue two coming out soon. An interview with Jerry Lawler um, that Finn Martin did. And he doesn't hold back. He asks him about like, the whole... You know, Lawler saying ramen noodle moonsault on Raw. He asks him oh, about it. He's like, what, you know, talk about it. And he talks about, you know, uh, sexualization of the women and uh, from before and how he deals with that now, the fact that women are actually athletes. So it's a really interesting six-page interview with Jerry King Lawler. Wow. She doesn't I, usually do. I mean, you talk about retro. I love the style of the magazine. It's it's, it's absolutely, it just, it just takes you back, doesn't it? Going into John Menzies. and John Menzies, wow. Yeah, listen, I'm, I'm a man of a vintage Kenny. Um, well, the know, thing is, because a lot of people, a lot of people who do magazines now, there's no point in trying to aim a magazine at people under 25 years old because they never bought magazines. So, yeah. it, whereas people like you and people like me who loved magazines, I don't, I, look, I, I don't want Gary to have to get this. But if Gary could show the SummerSlam, oh, I was going to um, say the SummerSlam is my favorite bit of the full magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, the idea is just like modern coverage, but with retro feel. So, if you like SummerSlam from the 90s. Then you can read the 2020 SummerSlam review, but you can also get it in a style that's going to take you back to. I mean, look at that, that set is, right there. That, that is brilliant. Oh, that's beautiful, actually. Yeah, that old, the old SummerSlam logo takes you back. We've got like a, a retro section where we've got like bits of merch and like figure of the month, mag of the month, old VHS of the month, snapshot in history, um, short interviews with like weird people or interviews that might not be like big stars so yeah it's, but i think I th- and it's going to keep getting bigger and keep getting better because uh yeah i i, I trust me anybody who thinks that shite i have at least thought about it a hundred times before anything goes through so hopefully <laughs> like well i will say this the one thing and it drives me fucking mental is that um there was an issue one of the proofreading things in the first issue so at the end of bill Apter's article he says welcome to in in the ropes magazine and it will, it will make. It, I, I feel like I'm going to break out in hives if that got through. <laughs> I almost want to get it reprinted. But I know financially that's not a decision, but like I'm so, I almost want to put my own money in to get that reprinted and send everyone a new copy. You have to send the old one back. Yeah. But um, anyway, my OCD is probably not. If you are listening to this, get yourself a black biro and then just write inside. <laughs> uh, that would make yeah. just add side to a, it. A really happy guy. Um, you know. Big part of your business and big part how Inside the Ropes made its name was the event stuff. You were meant to be doing Kevin Owens and that's all falling away. How is that looking in the kind of, I mean, we don't know, and nobody knows how it, how it's looking, but how, how do you think it's going to pan out, Kenny? Um, Tough question to ask a man right now. I know, Joe. I know. <laughs> he comes on, he talks about um, it's like a fucking uh, Piers Morgan here. <laughs> Well, I mean, the, the worst thing of all is that, and this is, so remember the, do you remember it was like, we we found out on like the Wednesday or the Thursday, there was going to be a lockdown in March. That was when we found out. We, on the Monday of that week, signed 
one of the biggest tours we've ever signed ever. It was due to be announced the following Monday. So that is still signed, but has not been announced. Right. And the person is still like, I'll do it when we can. And I can't do it. And I can't say it. It's so frustrating. So like that to me is an, another big part of the frustration. In terms of when we can do it, I think anybody who thinks that we're going to get events before September next year is probably insane. Like it's just, I think it, the best case scenario in my mind is a vaccine comes in in January, it's rolled out by the end of the summer and maybe we can get to do an event next October, but probably more realistically is January 2022. But the good news is, is for anybody who follows our stuff is that we are completely self-sufficient by the other things that we do. So as soon as events are able to open up back, open back up again, like people are going to be gagging to get out of the house. Oh, people God. would go to a night with Virgil at this point. People are just <laughs> anybody. A night with the Orient Express. I mean, Cato will just sit and have a chat, and he's got the mask on. They'll go for anything. So if anything, my job is going to be easier. I can be able to sell so much shit that I couldn't have sold before. A night with Brutus Beefcake. It's all. It's all going to come. I would go with that. I would go with that. I would, I'd love to sit here and guess the name, but I'm not going to do that because. Uh, <laughs> um. Well, so let's get into the, the the shows from this week. Um. Let's kick off with AEW Dynamite with Big Alex. Well, they returned back to form this week, and I didn't even catch a JR fuck up. And we had MJ and Chris Jericho returning to the endless game of Mastermind. Um, but moving on to the first putover of the week, Gary's going to be very happy because his man, Mr. Darby Allen and Ricky Starks, what a great opening to a show that was. Was everything it needed to be? It left space for potentially the feud to continue that intense spears. Uh, sorry. Intense Starks counter with the spear was just phenomenally good. But I think a rule of thumb in wrestling generally is whenever you go avalanche, you're going to lose the match. So, um, and we even got Will Hobbs, Will Hobbs got his wee run in at the end there as well. So, props to them trying to get him over, even though all his matches so far have been cancelled. What are you going <laughs> to do? So, um, first bury of the night, those. Those evil little young bucks for kicking poor Tony in the face. I mean, what did Tony do to deserve that? Leave Tony alone. He's a very vulnerable old man currently living in the middle of a pandemic. Poor Tony. Um, but on to the actual serious bury now. I mean, I put him over last week, but I think I need to bury Mr. Cody Noir this week. I mean, he's evolved past his tie phase and onto some new kind of weird chain phase, which I'm not sure what I feel about. His sparkly burgundy shoes have remained, but the promo was borderline nonsense, if I'm honest. And the way he kind of opened up to be like, yeah, and Hollywood came calling and I ran away from the wrestling promotion I established myself with my friends is maybe not the best line to use for a sympathetic baby face. I think and that promo was the opposite of everything I love about Cody Rhodes promos. Oh, the most annoying it, thing ever. It just felt so wrong. And... And while we're there, I kind of feel the need to bury Brandy as well, because that that bump that she did there was just awkward and just looked so badly set up. And screw it. Also, I also want to bury the man that booked Cody for Hollywood. And also, like, surely if he's going to makeup, it takes like a couple of hours to cover up that horrible neck tattoo as well. So <laughs> I hope they're paying the makeup man extra for that jazz. But on to the final putover of the day. And it's going to have to be... Andy Bloody Williams 
because I chuffing love Andy Bloody Williams and I go on about him all the time. Not as in the, the, the crooner, uh, I can't take my eyes off you. <clears> no, no, John. Uh, just just checking, just checking. The, the rhythm guitarist of um, Every Time I Die, a certain man who ended up in the main event of this week's Dynamite. Did he really? The Butcher. It was the Butcher versus John Moxley, and the Butcher looked fantastic. And like he looked like a proper big man. I actually went back and looked into his wrestling history and noticed that him and Blade only debuted in like 2017. And I think it was Bar Wrestling that God rest his soul now with all the stuff about Joey Ryan. It's probably not going to continue. Um, and yeah, they've only been at it for a couple of years. And I'd imagine this is his first big, proper, high profile singles match. And he knocked out of the park. He was terrific. Did he do the funny walk? He did do the funny walk. Oh, I love the funny, walk. the funny walk. He always does the funny walk. I love the I mean, funny walk. Um, unfortunately, I can't give the match of the night. That does have to stay with the Starks Derby situation. Really? I thought the SCU FTR um, tag match was brilliant. It was, it was phenomenal, but it was the ending kind of packed me off a little bit. And I'm, I'm not too much of a fan of it's It's the whole Tully thing in it, with just Tully hiding under the ring, doing the wee. Pulling up down. the horns. Sorry? And the horns and the jacket, yeah, it's it's yeah. good, really good match. But I think the emotion and the intensity in Starks versus Alan, Alan uh, put it over for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, Starks, do you think he? A lot of people are kind of touting him in this kind of same vein as MJF and Darby Allen for a potential title. Yeah, he's he's joined that young crowd along. I'd throw Jungle Boy in there as well, and Sammy G when it comes to their next generation. But he's really been a bit of a standout. I mean, I I don't watch Dark as often as I should in the last couple of weeks. Whenever I've turned it on, there's been a Ricky Starks match on it, and it's been pretty damn good. So hats off to the guy. Good. Um, Move on to NXT, though. I've completely lost my notes, so I'm off the fly tonight. Um, Got to start off, I think, with uh, I'm going to put over Cameron Grimes. And it's proper dickhead heat. I love, love dickhead heat. And Cameron Grimes has got it in abundance. Uh, he had the, I don't know if you guys saw it, but he had the step to the moon match where he basically just invited out Joey Pistachio and Joey Strong, I think, were the two opponents that they invited out to, to beat him. Obviously, it was like two jobbers and he, he did them. But then Big Ridge Holland uh, came down and gave him his comeuppance. And that kind of moves me on to my buddy because... Ridge Holland's getting booked really weirdly at the moment. He was kind of booked as a heel last week when he had the the kind of, it was like people were booing him. Then he was kind of booked as a face this week. And then he was booked as a heel at TakeOver. So I don't know, did he know where they're going with him? Well, maybe we don't know he's a heel at TakeOver. He dropped Adam Cole's... um, yeah. Adam Cole did a face turn against Pat McAfee. Yeah. There's no way you're telling me that Kyle O'Reilly wrestled a heel match on Sunday night. I just don't know. I just don't know what what Ridge, what's happening with Ridge Holland. Do you know? And but while we're talking about that, does it does it a face undisputed era work with a Mulgrew face? I think yeah. My theory here, my here is my theory that it was uh, Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong that got Ridge Holland to batter Adam Cole, and it's going to lead to the split up of the undisputed era. But um, we will wait and see with that one. But yeah, Rich Holland's getting booked in a really weird way at the moment, so I'm going to bury that. Uh, put over, however, Kyle O'Reilly. Um, you know, we're on the go-home show to take over, and it's what WWE do really well, the promo video packages that they do. You know, they put together this lovely 
montage of Kyle Riley and, you know, growing up with the rest of the Undisputed Era and how he was all about it and some really nice bits. Then they had the kind of sit-down bit with Finn Bar, which I'm glad they did because we've talked about it on the show before where it was just Finn Bar with the camera as opposed to doing it in the ring because that doesn't really work for him. Um, and I thought to be invested, you know, because it's been a short build to this match and I thought that between the promos it really got you invested in the match and obviously when it came to the match they absolutely knocked it out the park on a Sunday there so yeah um, that's what kind of buddies and put over loving Kishida's aggression love, want to see where that goes um, and done the speed era thing like Gary says it's starting to get a bit more investment especially with we're, you know in the capital centre I think we're starting to see a bit more investment into uh, NXT now so it'll be interesting where it goes over in the next couple of months and uh, match tonight Again, talking about dickhead heat, uh, he's the Austin Theory has not got dickhead heat. He's got that confident kind of arsehole heat, like the Miz has and stuff like that. And I'm really enjoying him. But I thought he did a great job against Adam Cole. And again, we're talking about the young guys on um, AEW, Austin Theory, you know, using it. The old, uh, I was 22 and I went to WrestleMania and all that sort of stuff was, was great. So, yeah. He reminds me so much of young Randy Orton. Yes, I was going to say that it's that Randy Orton Miz overconfident kind of vibe thing. Uh, really good. Really enjoyed that match. So, yeah, Adam Cole and Austin 3 match tonight for me on that one. Kenny, what have you got on SmackDown? Well, quickly before I talk about SmackDown, I do want to mention, I know Alex talked about the butcher there, and I was in a night out. Where, yeah, it was a night out. I was allowed to be in a night out. I was in a night out like a month ago with my friend Lucy and her boyfriend who does not watch wrestling, and he was like, Oh, you like wrestling, don't you? I, I'm friends with a guy in a band who's also a wrestler. And I was like, <laughs> right? He was like, his name's Andy Williams. I was like, I, I do not know who Andy Williams is. And um, and he was like, oh, he wrestles uh, in AEW. And I was like, cool. Who is he? And then I somehow thought it was the Blade. Um, and then thought it was the Butcher. And I mean, the Butcher. He does not look like he's called Andy Williams. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> oh, slightly disappointing when you. He looks like he's called like Steve Savage or something. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, like, he looks like he's. But um, there you go. So Alex, I'll try and get you his number. You can <laughs> yeah, message. Yeah, next, but, um, the, your return inside the ropes tour, the Butcher, just for me. <laughs> just the Butcher. You, it's fine. Um, but yeah, in terms of SmackDown, so um, I thought SmackDown again was a good show. Um, I want to put over the Roman Reigns JSO opening segment, obviously with uh, the crown of the tribal chief, and then Heyman putting him over, and Jay coming out and cutting this promo. It's, it's such a great dynamic, this storyline with the family history. I do want to quickly actually call out that cunt that message that the wrestling daft this week. Gavin is his name. Oh god! The, <laughs> oh god! What a sniveling wee snake! Like oh. <laughs> I thought it was really boring. Oh, did you just miss when people do 10 tombstones and five pile drivers and then kick out? You fucking dweeb. Sure enough, Canadian destroyers in the match. (laughs) I have to say shout out to Gavin who did get in touch with us uh, on the Patreon and said, I really enjoyed Rab cutting a promo on me. So Kenny, you cut away because if he enjoys punishment, so fire away on him, mate. Well, listen, look, Gavin, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what the best wrestling match is of all time, right? Get under the learning tree here, right? Unless you want to go and watch Cirque du Soleil in Vegas because that's what you fucking get with these spot monkeys that you love so much Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan there was five moves in the whole fucking match 93,000 people well 78 right Hogan slams Andre there was not a high spot in sight there wasn't a drop kick and the, the worst thing is right you're saying that match was rubbish have you seen how many dives there are in wrestling and they don't do anything to anybody <laughs> and they're still they're still standing 
Like, it, make, it makes no difference. These fucking dives. No more dives. Get rid of dives. I hate them. And to be fair, half the time, and uh, half the time, the person who does the dive looks like they're actually in more pain than the person who's been dived on. Yeah, exactly. The young bucks are the biggest offenders. It's like, oh, I'm going to do a dive. And the best bit, where so if I'm standing here right, and I'm on the outside, this is what happens. I'm going to wait <laughs> for the dive. We're all going to, we're all going to stand. It's just so everyone knows it's not real. So we're all participating here. We're all in it together. Now dive. Oh! <laughs> Oh, I hate um, it. Well, thank anyway, you. I can't wait for the next inside the room, which is going to be Kenny having um, Gavin and a uh, Phil Nelson for two hours, and just people sitting to be to watch Kenny have a, a Phil Nelson and Gavin. I'm open to it. I'm open Sorry, to it. Gavin, thank you very much for our Patreon money. We really enjoy your company as well. Thank <laughs> Thanks for supplying John with even more content than you normally do as well. Gavin, seek professional help. Um, <laughs> Well, it's COVID, so you'll probably have to go on a wait list. But anyway, um, Roman Reigns and Jey that's thing I want to really put over. Jey he got a win over AJ Styles. It was booked so well. Uh, the thing I want to bury on this show... I do, yeah, I'm going to bury it. I thought the Sasha Banks promo to challenge Bailey was very basic. And that program's been so good that I was so looking forward to like a big, dramatic segment. And I don't quite feel like I got it. Um, the other thing on SmackDown that I did want to bury... Um, was a Lucha House Party because they have Kalisto in it, and I think he's an abhorrent abortion to wrestling. So, <laughs> are we are we about to get through the SmackDown buries without anyone mentioning Matt Middle's haircut? His haircut is bad, but <laughs> it is bad. You hate Kalisto, Kalisto more than you hate his haircut. Oh, that, that's that's. Do you know the Kalisto? Kalisto once vanity searched himself and blocked me because I said that I hope Rusev beats him up. <laughs> I know someone else that he blocked for a similar reason as well, so it's not a one-off. Yeah, I actually, I was, I was, uh, yeah, like I was doing, a, I was doing a press interviews at one point, and uh, and he was there, and I was like, oh god, because if I interview him, I have to either ask him about it, and then if I ask him about it, I'm not going to get to do them anymore. So I went to the toilet. <laughs> Good shout! Good shout! Um, what was your match tonight, Kenny? Uh, match tonight is the main event, Sami Zayn and Jeff Hardy. And if, if MD had told me that WWE were going to go with Sami Zayn, I don't think I would have believed it. But I think it's actually a really good story of 2020 that, like, even if Sami Zayn and, you know, some higher-ups in WWE have completely different views, they're pushing him. He's great. He, um, I mean, speaking about haircut, um, Sami Zayn needs one desperately. But, um, yeah, I thought Sami Zayn and Jeff Hardy was really good. And I'm happy they're going with him as the... Undisputed IC champ. No, that's good. It was a good shout. And like you say, I, I didn't think they would go that way, but Sami Zayn's been incredible with that character. Uh, Gary, what happened on Raw last night? A good show. A what good show for the first time in weeks. A, a show I really enjoyed. It's not been bad recently, but it was a good show. Um, so you're going to hate me because my first put over is a retribution themed put over. I was, I uh, was going to be the first question. <laughs> how moist were you when this was actually revealed? So a little apart put over to this is I want to say that Mace looks absolutely brilliant. Dio Madden, man, the, the, the kind of wee nuances he was doing in between the moves were brilliant. Apart from his attire wasn't great, but everything else was great. But we all know where I'm going with this. Mustafa Ali being the leader of Retribution. I, I would do nothing on this show if I wasn't putting myself over. So I need to put myself over for guessing that a few months ago. But I just think it's brilliant. We've actually got somebody that we can identify with that kind of makes it, you know, the, the faction for me, it was borderline. 
you know, it's kind of, it is heelish. I think they're meant to be heels, but this throws a question mark above that because we all know what Mustafa Ali's like. I think this adds a massively interesting dynamic to Retribution. And I'm just glad they're doing more with Mustafa Ali than having him on main event. <laughs> so so yeah. that in itself deserves to be put over. However, if I'm going to put over something that is uh, different, I need to put over something that is the same. <sighs> Lana. And that's not Lana being buried. That is the spot Lana is in every single week. Now, the past three weeks, we've seen Lana get a Samoan drop through an announce table from Nia Jax. Hmm. I, I don't know what it's adding. There's a lot of speculation as to why it's happening. I was wondering why it's uh, happening. Where um, did her husband <laughs> signed for in the last few weeks? Hmm. I think it's probably now just becoming a massive running rib. And the fact that people said that to begin with, and they're like, oh, we'll just see how many times I can do it now. But it's just, it's became the new girls and Andrade versus the Street Profits, where it's like, we're just going to, you know, three things in life are certain, death taxes and seeing that happen on Raw. Um, so for <laughs> me, it's just like, oh. But, ah, uh, well, um, you know, one of the few things that I didn't enjoy on Raw. So the other thing that I really enjoyed, the way they done the, the Murphy kind of, I don't want to say turn, but the way they, they played out that where Murphy kind of turned face on Seth Rollins. Because Kenny mentioned it with Sasha and Bailey and it being a bit underwhelming. I said that about the, the actual turn, Bailey turning on Sasha, I thought was really underwhelming. Didn't know if it was because of the Thunderdome or, you know, just the way it was booked. This one was done really well. All he done was kind of charge into him, you know, um, a kind of spear type motion then a, a wee bit of a brawl but it was just done really well even if I don't like the Aaliyah Mysterio part yeah, everything else was good about it can't wait for the match it's going to be absolutely brilliant and I just like the rivalry I think it's going to make Murphy look like a star because Seth Rollins is good at making people look like stars where do you think Seth Rollins will go with this whole gimmick thing because he obviously you know that's him got he had he's had several disciples along the way which he's kind of lost them all very long have they I mean it's only been about six months and he's been through like three already so. yeah yeah no, we've yeah. had, had uh, no idea where they'll go with it, but I, I, I don't really care as long as the match is brilliant. We'll, we'll figure that out afterwards. Seth Rollins has been quite good at reinventing himself, so I'm not too worried about that. Unless they make him face and put him in with the Fiend again, of course. Which was a year ago today. <laughs> well, there's really? rumours he's coming back over from Raw that came out of your mouth earlier, Gary. So aye, that's true. Aye. Fate on that yeah. one, I think. We'll, we'll wait and see. But um, aye, so match of the night. <sighs> This kind of leads into what Kenny said, but he's probably going to disagree with me on it. So for me, we get really guilty in saying that a match was match of the night because it was a brilliant, amazing match that had this amazing beginning, middle and an end, hundreds of spots and all that stuff. Sometimes you forget about the stuff that you just enjoy because it's just brilliant to watch and just enjoyable to watch. Sure, the six-man tag team match that main evented was really good, but the thing I enjoyed the most was Keith Lee versus Braun Strowman. Just... Two big meaty guys battling each other, putting each other through everything that they could. You know, screens, barricades, a table off a stage. Absolutely brilliant. That's what I want to see. And if you stick them in like a false count anywhere match or an I quit match or something like that, I'm going to love it. And I think it will also give Keith Lee's uh, very first massive, massive win in a feud that we're going to see. So I really liked it. thought it was absolutely brilliant. And yeah, give me five minutes of that over a, a 40 minute spot fest anytime. And I will absolutely love it. No, no, look forward. I've not seen Raw last night, so look forward to catching up on that. Um, Kenny, thank you very much for coming on and uh, doing the, the smart thing for us, mate. I appreciate that. Thank, thank you very much for having me. I'm always available. Well, I'm not always available. I'm mostly available. Um, I'm all, I can also do birthday parties, socially distant. 
um, bar mitzvahs, anything else that you need, so just hit me up. Plug that bloody magazine and plug that bloody website. Uh, InsideRoadsMagazine.com is where you can get the magazine issue two is going to be coming out later this month. We're also partnered up with Dave Meltzer, so you can buy his 1997 Observer yearbook. Oh, Gary's new friend. Over 400 <laughs> pages um, of 1997. Talks about everything. You can get that. The website's itrwrestling.com. And uh, I think that's it. I think that's all my plugs. Excellent. Until you start the birthday party business is the third one during a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> you can do that through Zoom. It's fine. <laughs> fine, I'll be fine. Um, brilliant. Thank you, Kenny. Um, and uh, we'll be back on the main show. Rab and Grado will have all your buddies and pullers. Remember, if you want to get them in, it's red easy. Twitter at Wrestling Daft. Insta, Wrestling Daft Podcast. Or just plain old Wrestling Daft on Facebook for Rab and Grado for the Friday show. Once again, it's time to return to the land of the rising sun in our Mitsubishi um, as we go turning Japanese and find out what's been happening in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, Before we get into the G1 and what's happening, um, I've got another uh, wrestling catchphrase in Japanese, which you guys have to guess. We got one last week, so here we go this week. You ready? Do it. Rizutu o Sakusei Shimashita. Rizutu o Sakusei Shimashita. Everybody's got a price. Get the tables. Get the tables. No, Alex. Because uh, everybody's got a price. <laughs> uh, no, I suck at this, John. I right. It's the 30th anniversary since he made his wrestling debut this week. Oh, no, it's one of Chris Jericho, you just made the list. There oh, oh, short and sweet. Short and sweet. Nice. Short and sweet. So um, what has been happening at the G1, Alex? Well, we do have a little bit more information about the resignation of Mr. Harold Mage, and a lot of it is coming out to do with uh, essentially losing a lot of the American audience and distaste and kind of situations with that not going as harmoniously as they'd have liked and they've cited a couple of examples such as them losing their tv deal in america and the loss of popularity since losing the young bucks your cody's your kenny omegas so they're now going to apparently the rumor is they're going to be bringing in the head of uh, new japan of america to take over the whole company so it'll be interesting to see how they move forward now it'll also be interesting to see what happens with the AEW front so I think there was a little tidbit that came out that Harold Mage was not particularly happy with Tony Khan because he didn't go over to Japan to visit them and to like try and establish the relationship that way so I think it's a little bit of a customs difference but I can see that sounds very Japanese to me but onto the actual wrestling. So um, it was a good couple of days. I mean, G1 returned to Karukan Hall, which is my favorite venue in all of Japanese wrestling, only because it's the only place where I've been in all of Japanese wrestling. So um, <laughs> that was that was fun for probably only me. So I'll get rather than going through everything, I'll give you a couple of the highlights of stuff that you should go back and watch. Probably a pick a match from each day and move that backwards. So we left up on day five. We moved on to day six. So match of the day for me would go to Kenta versus Zack Sabre Jr. It was a lovely story of Zack trying to slap on his submissions and Kenta just gracefully slapping him away. And eventually we got a nice little GTS for the win. I do also have to give a little bit of a shout out that night for our boy Toriano, who managed to take down Evil, but he then did quickly lose his three match winning streak quickly the next couple of days. 
Moving on to night seven, goddamn Will Osprey is still having good wrestling matches and had a good one against Jay White. A little bit, not not the best match I've ever seen, but it was still very, very good. And it was a nice little tale of Jay White trying to outsmart Will Ospreay until he eventually got caught with his hand in the cookie jar. We had, on night eight, we had a little bit of uh, the clash of Los, Inglo- Los Ingronables du Japon when we had Sonata versus Naito. And I think this was one that we were expecting to come to a head in the middle of the New Japan Cup. So it was nice to see get a little bit of payoff on that. So we had Sonada going over in the end to get the victory over not only the leader of his stable, but also the dual champion at the moment. And from night nine the other day, we had a goddamn another good fucking Will Ospreay match, didn't we? Will Ospreay versus Kota Ibushi was just everything Will Ospreay versus Kota Ibushi should be. So that's kind of my quick rundown. Top of the tables at the moment, Kota Ibushi is taking a two-point lead in the A block over Will Ospreay, Taishi, and Jay White, and Minoru Suzuki, who are just behind on six. Um, and then over in the B block, we have um, Tetsuya Naito maintains his lead out on eight, but Juice, Toriyano, and Evil, and even Tanahashi are now just behind him on six points. I think the supplies, the surprise from that block so far is that Kent is only down on four, but I'd look for a bit of a late surge from him, if I'm honest. Are you still thinking Jake White might go on to win it, Alex? Yeah, but that's just because I'm biased. Like, <laughs> uh, I mean, I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be surprised to see them maybe do evil over in one of them, but I'm not sure if evil's kind of run his course and he was maybe just a little bit of a transitional champion. So we'll start to get a better idea come this time next week, I'd say. Well, look forward to find out how many more weeks have we got? Two more weeks of it? Well, it's normally 18 days, I think, because you've got, yeah, you fight, there's t- blocks of 10, so you fight everyone once, so there's nine nights of that, and then there's a final, so I think it's 19 days, I believe. Day 10 was today. Right, okay, okay. So uh, we'll find out what's going on next week, and thank you very much for that, Alex. Until next time, sayonara. Right, we've got a Patreon service where you can get more content from Wrestling Daft. Dead easy to get onto patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Up there, you'll find three tiers to choose from, depending on how much money you want spent and how much content you want from us. Uh, tier one, Cruiserweight Champion, about three bucks a month. Uh, you'll get Patreon only chat community, you get free versions of the episodes, early episode access. Uh, I must apologize. We didn't record till last Thursday night, so we didn't get LA episode access this week. Um, but I'll make sure ne- normal service returns this week. I uh, bonus content from the show. You'll see up there a video version right now of a show we did called The Dafties, where we nominate the best and worst of wrestling from the month. You'll see the video version up there right now, and you can obviously get that where you get your podcasts. So that's some of the kind of bonus content you'll get up there, including MVP's uh, message for Wrestling Daft as well, which you can't miss. Uh, you also get a full video version of this podcast. Get to vote on what you want to see featured on the list of Wrestling Daft, and also get to vote on Fantasy Booking Island, and that's only three quid a month. What? What'd you get for a... Uh, we should be charging people three times that amount. Absolutely. What would you think you get for seven quid a month? Well, you get a video version of Rab and Gradle doing their thing on the headline show every week. Get invited, invited to our Patreon pay-per-view parties as well. Next one's probably going to be Survivor Series, so get involved in that. Uh, and you'll get a bonus episode once a month. It's going to come very, very soon as Gradle interviews Rab 
in a shoot style. Really looking forward to that. Um, tier 3 World Heavyweight Champion, get on board with that one. To get yourself a free t-shirt if you're there for three months, there's lots of free t-shirts flying out this month because that's for three months beyond where everyone signed up for Patreon a few months ago. So I've got your orders, guys. They're on their way soon. Um, I won't tell, like, talk about live events because we know that's not going to happen in the next six months, probably. Uh, but you get a chance to come on this show as a guest, Mark, and you also get the chance to first chance to get into Rab and Grado on the running as well. So lots to choose from, lots of money to be spent, lots of content be had. If you want to do that, get on board now. Patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Get involved in our roster. It's the Wrestling News. Mr. Exclusive, Gary Cassidy. Even though we're not going to mention anything I've got exclusive news on in this segment because we've already ran it earlier. Absolutely. Can, we, can that be your uh, like wrestling name going on forward, Mr. Exclusive? I think that's quite a good uh, wrestling name. Uh, only if I can form a tag team with Mr. Pectacular Pe- for Impact that was in Big Brother. If anybody remembers him, you and you and Jesse Goddard, yeah, yeah, there we go. Right. <laughs> I was wondering I know the guy. Lost I know that the guy. Him, him and Robert Stone used to be the bromans. Aye, follows yep. me on Twitter. That guy, um, Jesse Goddard. You can't. Well, uh, you know, it's a tag team there in the making, Gary. <laughs> um, let's crack on now. There's obviously over the last couple of months, uh, WWE have basically been fucking about with their talents, Twitch and cameos. Um, you know, they, there's a lot of things going on with that at the moment. Um, and it's all kind of come to a head as Paige is thinking about unionisation. Go on, Paige. Yep. So for anyone that's uh, that's missed out on this, obviously the, the Twitch, Cameo, YouTube, kind of big cartel stores for the, the indie wrestlers in the UK, they've almost all come to an end or at least kind of started winding down. There was a email sent out by Vince McMahon, which I believe is available to read on Fightful Select. Um, that was the email that got sent to talent reminding them that the 2nd of, I was going to say November 2nd of October, uh, was the, the last day for them to be uh, actually doing anything third party. However, there's a new, a new kind of thing where they've got a deal with, I think, Cameo, WWE, so that superstars can actually use Cameo and will get money for doing so, but it's going to go through WWE. Same deal for Twitch. And Twitch is the main way that Paige is kind of talking to anyone now because we believe, I think she's still under some kind of contract with WWE, but obviously not on TV. So she last month changed her name to Saraya, which is a real name on uh, Twitch. Doesn't use Paige anymore at all. However, put a wee tweet last night just saying, been looking into unionism a lot, which it took me a wee second to read. I was like, Wonder if she's uh, wonder if she's going to have her say on Scottish independence. You know, the um, <laughs> really the, the I, like, I, uh, I, like, I think she might mean unionisation, but either way, really interesting that like superstars or at least people that are affected by this are looking into it. Even more interesting, a current talent replied to it. just where we uh, a hmm face, uh, but that was Zelina Vega who has a joint channel with Alistair Black, uh, I think it's called A to Z, which is pretty clever because obviously Alistair, Zelina, uh, where they go on and they do a load of game and they chat about a load of things, but you know, we did see over this full lockdown a lot of people using Twitch, a lot of people using Cameo, you know, it's the kind of thing that affects more wrestlers than it doesn't affect, so it'll be interesting to see if anything comes of this because 
the last couple of people that try to start a union on the quite in the industry anymore for uh, all the right reasons. But you never know. One might pop out of nowhere. And Andrew Yang for America, that's uh, a part of the presidential race, I think he's, I, I can't remember what the actual job title that he's Yeah, he's like working for, but yeah, yeah, trade something. Like something. That, yeah. Um, but I, so we might see something come of this one that's not the kind of thing that I would think you would want to get on the wrong side of page and that once she wants to do something. No, no. Well, I, and Twitter isn't going away. Like, it's becoming nope. really, really popular. I'll admit, I've even started watching the odd bit of Twitch now. So it's it's good stuff. Shout out to T90. He's the boy. Page right, okay. would earn roughly, I think, at the very least, $400,000 a month from Twitch. That from the is subscribers she's got. So How and that's a lower end estimate. Have? Oh, it's because I, I, I remember counting this up. I think it's something like, oh, I can't remember the exact number. I'll check that right now uh, because it is an, an insane number. So followers-wise, she's got 140K, which the followers only they paid for subscriptions. But yeah. if they're watching and if she's running adverts, you get money for that as well, which wouldn't be counted. If you're going to mess with that amount of money, obviously people are going to come back. Mm. Yeah, I mean, she it, just goes on and chats, doesn't she? Like, she's not even yep. playing games. It's just I think she does some games as well, but she does chat a lot, and she also brings in other wrestlers to do the chats because that's where we found out about um, Nia Jax uh, confronting Ronda Rousey regarding Alexa Bliss oh, stuff yeah. and all that. So, and See, John, that's the next wrestling really... death thing. We'll start a Twitch channel. We'll get all the Scottish wrestlers in. We'll play some games. We'll talk Scottish wrestling. Good revenue stream idea, Alex. I like that. And uh, no, I'll be interested to see uh, if anyone got well. So back in the day in the 80s, Ventura tried to unionize the wrestlers and Hulk Hogan grassed them up and he almost been threatened to sack him. There was so, already a, a gif of that online and it was uh, Seth Rollins cashing in the money in the bank with Seth Rollins about uh, Hogan this uh, unionization chat. Yeah, that sounds like something you said. Um, yeah, so that's interesting. Um, going back, we've talked about NXT at the start of the show, the, the takeover. Um, Kyle O'Reilly and... Um, Finn Bauer went a good 28 minutes for their match, but it was meant to go longer, wasn't it? I'd love to know how much longer it was meant to go because 28 minutes is no walk in the park for a wrestling match that was wrestled in that style for a start. Um, but aye, it was apparently cut short. Kind of easy to tell why, but the reason why is because Finn Balor had a suspected broken jaw. Uh, I believe he got a scan on that, but I don't think there's been any talk about what the outcome was. It certainly didn't look good looked at least very very swollen and very bruised but it looked like you know very possibly broken and Kyle O'Reilly didn't come out unscathed because he apparently broke several teeth which doesn't sound like good fun so um I you know 28 minutes and it was a really enjoyable match I don't really mind that it was cut short I think it, you know was quite easy to tell that it didn't go the planned length for for like the way the end of the match started to go, but apparently the ending was meant to be the same anyway. They just kind of brought it forward and missed it a few things beforehand. So, a chuffing love strong style, chuffing. Love strong style. <laughs> Alex was very happy with that match. Um, and what else have we got, Gary? Yeah, Reddick Moss has got an ACL injury, which uh, is probably going to put him out for a long time. What a but- miss! What a miss! Well, he's been brilliant on Raw Underground and on Main Event, but obviously he's not actually been on Raw. But the really interesting thing, this completely flew under the, the radar. i just seen it the day on Instagram. Uh, and Riddick Moss essentially said that, um, I'm going to find the exact 
kind of thing here. I'll no run through it because I went through it for a lot. But the very start of it, I was like, geez, it was over the past two months, Riddick Moss has gone undefeated in both Raw Underground and the Thunderdome, showing elite power, speed, agility, and explosion. While training, I've squatted 500, deadlifted 600, and broad jumped over 10. Uh, I have done all of this with a torn ACL. <laughs> and then I and then it, it gave a big spiel after that and just said, just wait till you see this comeback. But I, the guy has been, I've, I've been saying I've liked what he's done in Raw Underground because I wasn't a fan of him before, you know. Thought he was the, the kind of guy, he looked impressive, but he looked to me just like, oh, it looks like a bigger version of Tony Nice. We don't know anything about either of them really, they, which they just look like really impressive physical specimen and people that we need to see a lot more about uh, but it did look impressive and it is a bit of a shame because an ACL injury is probably the kind of thing that's going to take him out for at least you've got I think four to six months minimum yeah maybe closer to nine months to a year at the maximum in terms of rehabilitating and all that stuff so Aye, sad news, and even sadder that it flew under the radar because I, I found it on Instagram and then as soon as I put it up it was that lovely thing you see when news where completely anti-clickbait now um, because the publication I write for allows me to be and then you soon after seen former WWE champion and it's like well he is, he's a former 24-7 champion and, <laughs> and uh, massive WWE star uh, torn ACL and it's like ah oh, come on oh, <laughs> but, man. Well, I, I have to say it doesn't have the same ring as it was a bo- broken freaking neck you know uh, torn oh. ACL doesn't sound as good I wrestled through it with a torn ACL <laughs> uh, doesn't sound as good um, and Alex you've got news of your own haven't you it's it's very it's a very sad day. So Netflix announced quite recently that they've decided to cancel the filming of the fourth season of Glow. Oh, so we can all just have a moment of silence to remember Glow in all its glory of the beautiful television show that it was. But yeah, they've unfortunately cancelled it due to semi Corona and costs, and semi because of it's one of their more contact heavy. Um, shows to produce oh, so, i mean I, I, they should just go and record it in like wwe just go to the performance center and do it there because they don't seem to have a problem with it but yeah but is it not is it not set in like it's set in the 80s alex so that might you might struggle it's also set it? in las vegas at the moment i believe so yeah it is yeah it is. A... it is oh well that's a shame i really enjoyed go as well and obviously it was a uh, carlito was in it uh, John Morrison was in it, um, and of course you can't forget Awesome Kong, who was awesome one Kong. of the main cast. Taya Valkyrie was meant to be in the new season as her first ever acting role, and she's been desperate to do acting, then obviously it's been wiped out. Taya Valkyrie, who's John Morrison's wife, actually. Oh, there you go, and Kate Nash of yep. Found- <laughs> Foundations, <laughs> yeah. who you get to see a bit more of Kate Nash than I've ever <laughs> seen before in it as well, my word. I know why you watch it, Alex. Um <laughs> The scene you're talking about didn't come until halfway through the, th- the third season, and it was a pleasant surprise for all. <laughs> uh, so that's what we've got for your news this week. Thank you, Gary. Welcome to Fancy Booking Island. It's the island where anything in wrestling goes. Um, the rules change. We know that now. There's three of us on the island waiting for your decision to send the wrestling daft raft out to us to find out who wins. Last week, it's going we to be Alex. Told to be, we were to- copy and paste. I don't. I think I'm getting zero votes. Well, we were told to book the debut of the undisputed era on the main roster. Alex, what was your idea? I copy and pasted a previous week's idea about the undisputed era and some conquistador masks. Yes, Gary, what was yours? What even remember? Um, Rhea Ripley and Raquel Gonzalez joined the Undisputed Oh yeah, it was it was um, the Undisputed Era um, shocking the system and going up against Retribution with Rhea Ripley and Raquel Gonzalez to, to combat the two 
women that are in retribution. There you go. And mines with basically undisputed era come up into the main roster, destroying retribution and destroying Raw Underground. Um, quite a simple booking, but with 50 odd percent vote off a whim, I won again. Yes. But I'll tell you Let's what. Let's go back to the old format in this. It's no, it's no working this way. <laughs> It's because he controls the Patreon, so he controls the votes. Oh, is it already okay? It's not, a, it's not a communist country, this Alex. It's there for everyone. It's John's totalitarian state. I can't control it. I can't control it. It's the people out there that control it. So I thank you very much for your vote, all you listeners out there. And remember, if you want to sign up to vote on Facebook now on patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft, this week's booking has been handed to us by uh, Neil Logan. Um, he has asked us to book any belt or new belt on any wrestling promotion. I have not thought of this at all, so I am going to go first uh, as a winner of last week. I nominate myself to go first. So start the three-minute timer. I'll only need 30 seconds. So I'm going to go back to what we were talking about earlier on. I think the new wrestling belt should be the WWE Twitch Champion. So Vince McMahon will award this belt to whoever gets the most Twitch followers and that'll be the thing. And you've got to try and outdo each other. So you've got to get more content on your Twitch. You've got to do all sorts of things to get people onto your Twitch. And the person with the most Twitch followers to make money for Vince will be the Twitch champion. And they'll get to wear a belt. And the only way you can take a ball off it is by beating them with followers on their Twitch so Vince can make the good moolah. So I you've mean, taken the bad Twitch situation and you've made it considerably worse. Yes, that's exactly what I've done. That's exactly what I've done. The WWE Twitch champion. Listen, if they're going to kick the arse out of the performers, they might as well do it proper. Next up, I'm going to go over to Gary. Yep, so I'll give you what I was going to do because I'd not thought of this up until while we were on air. Um, I was actually going to just get Mick Foley to come in, smash the 24-7 championship and make it the hardcore championship. But I decided against that before I actually... Oh, that would have been the easy and the most sensible Aye, thing. That would have been really good. Easiest one. But I always think wrestling is at its best slash worst when it is real life. So, <laughs> NXT UK is back. Our United Kingdom champion is Walter, but he comes out on NXT UK and says, why am I holding this title? Because the UK has left the EU and I'm a European citizen. <laughs> Chuck this United Kingdom championship in the bin. I'm bringing back the European championship. So no. Walter crowns himself European champion and he says, oh, you guys over here voted for Brexit. You know, you're still going to be under my European rule. I'm the guy that oversees NXT UK, whether you like it or not. And he runs an open challenge every week and decimates absolutely everyone. Meanwhile, we get the United Kingdom Championship brought out by Johnny Saint, and he has a secondary title. That is one new secondary title on NXT UK. We even go as far, go as, far as NXT UK being rebranded as NXT Europe because it's got more European people in it anyway. You know, it's got almost like Irish superstars. It's got Amal for France and it's got, you know, the full of, I was going to say Ring Camp, but it's got all your German, Austrian, Italian superstars that are in Imperium. So we have that and then we end up inevitably down the road having a, a um, unification match between Walter, 
the uh, United Kingdom champ, or sorry, the European champion, and the, <laughs> I was going to say the UK champion, bad news, Barrett, but I'm not going to wheel that back out. So we'll see, uh, we'll see Tyler Bate wins it, and then we get Tyler Bate-Walter rematch because that match was brilliant. So yeah, yep. European champion Walter because Brexit. Does that does that uh, match not happen, however, until we vote to get back into the EU? Maybe that maybe it can coincide. Maybe that match gets us back into the EU. Maybe that's the one that's that the over the scale. They've gone too far. They've stretched the <laughs> belt. This is the line in the sand. <laughs> I like that. I really like that. Alex, what have you got? So I want a six-man tag team championship in AEW. I want them to do a tournament to start it because I love tournaments and it's really nice, easy booking. The people I'd have in this tournament are obviously the elite Team Tully, which would be FTR and Sean Spears, Jurassic Express, Dark Order, the Orange Best Friends, and my two new teams. One is Sexy and Powerful, the combination of uh, Proud and Powerful and Sammy Guevara. And the other one that this entire booking is based around is the Lucha Butchers, which is just the Butcher and the Blade and the Lucha Brothers. So, um, but you could get some really interesting matches out of it. So um, I'd have the start that uh, Adam Page would be trying to join one of these teams. And he would end up, him and like Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela would go up against maybe like Hardy Party to try and get the last spot in the tournament, but they'd lose, obviously, because of Adam Cole. But the, the long-term plan was to have some kind of uh, elite Team Tully final in which um, Sean Spears would be betrayed by FTR and leave the group before the match. So you'd have to draw in Adam Page, and then Adam Page would end up costing the FTR team the match because he was drinking and Kenny would take him out and then he would get cool boxed by FTR just to continue his descent into madness and then the new three-man tag team AW champs would go over to New Japan and do all the crazy shit with those belts. So there you go. Uh, that's this week's fantasy booking. You've got Gary and his uh, NXT... Brexit belt. Brexit belt. <laughs> uh, Alex has got his six-man tag and then you've got my Twitch championship. Um, you can get voting for it right now. Uh, get to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Tell us who you think has got the best booking and we'll also be looking for your suggestions for next week. Until next time, we're stuck on the island still. So that's it for this week's show. Please rate, review, subscribe on Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Rab and Gradle will be back on Friday with the main show, talking all sorts of nonsense this week, including uh, wines, wrestling wines, and also we are talking uh, celebrity factions after there was a video posted of Eamon Holmes, Chris Tarrant, and Jan Franco Zola looking like they should be a tribute act to the radicals. So um, we're looking for your worst celebrity factions put together, so that'll be fun. List of wrestling daft, as it's the 30th wedding, uh, 30th wedding anniversary, the 30th anniversary of Chris Jericho debuting on uh, in wrestling. Uh, we put up the best moments of Chris Jericho up against who would you like to see go where in the draft, because um, the draft happens this week. And it was the best moments of Jericho that won it. Any off the top of your head, Alex? Undisputed championship win at Vengeance 2001, a night I think is often overlooked in wrestling because we had three great matches of Angle versus Stone Cold, Rock versus Jericho, straight into Jericho versus Stone Cold, and a surprise winner to boot. Yeah, absolutely. What worked for you, Gary? It would maybe be his raw debut, but I don't think so. I think I need to go for the recent one and the why is my name on the list. That is like one of my uh, favourite moments in wrestling history, I think. So Festival yeah. of Friendship, absolutely up there. Uh, so yeah, that get your um, tweets in, let us know what you think 
the best moments of Jericho on for Rab and Grado this week. Uh, you can get all your merch member shop, sportsbreadshop.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. Get on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Get Gary where? Wrestling Gary on Twitter where I'm shilling absolutely everything else I do on there. Absolutely. And Alex, where do we get you? And have we reached 70 followers? Oh, I, I think we have, actually. I think it's, it's been topping up. Like, it's been... I don't think a day has went past when I haven't had either one or two new Twitter followers. Wow. So, wow. guys, continue to follow me for a complete and utter lack of Twitter action. And I'm up to 84. Right, okay, let's make the century for next week. We're looking for the century. So get Alex at... At Thirsty I can't even remember. It's either Thirsty Baboon or At Thirsty Baboon. I don't think there's many of them out there, so it shouldn't be hard. Thirsty Baboon, let's get Alex to 100. Let's make the century. Um, Thank you very much for listening to Wrestling Daft and Marks. Until next time, keep marking out. Audio Frontier. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.